0: Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello Buglers and welcome to issue 4035 of the Bugle, audio newspaper for this visual world for the week beginning of Monday the 3rd of July 2017 with me Andy Zaltzman reporting to you live and exclusively from London. We are now at the halfway points of 2017, just 82 and a half years now. Until we can kiss this goddamn century goodbye (laughs) and have another crack at a new one. We'll get it right someday. Just you wait. Just you wait, I can feel it. I know we've got a good one in us somewhere. We've just got to get the first 20 years right. That's the bit we keep ballsing up. Joining me today, for the first time on The Bugle, it's a great pleasure to welcome to these hallowed audio pages... To contribute to this, the official week-by-week historical record of humanity from the year 2007 up to and including Armageddon. All the way from a different bit of London, it's Tiffany Stevenson.
1: Hello. Hello. Hi. I'm very excited. Well,
0: it's a delight to have you... uh have you on the show? Yeah. Um, well, I mean,
1: there's hardly any news happening, so it's no. a shame that I've come on this week, isn't yes. it?
0: Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's yeah, when news, I wish news would... Surely the world could just agree to have a week off news. Of
1: news, yeah. Yeah, it just needs to stop for a little while, doesn't yeah. it? We need... Because we all feel like Brenda from Bristol. Yeah. We've just had enough.
0: Yes. And uh, also joining us all the way from the hemisphere that has brought the world, amongst other things, Antarctica, Brazilian football, Robert Mugabe, penguins, and the majority of the world's water. That's the (laughs) southern hemisphere, in case you're wondering. (laughs) Reporting to us all the way from later today, and more importantly from Australia, it's the man whose birth... In November 1989, sparked the Czechoslovakian Communist Party just two days later to dismantle the (laughs) one-party state and convert to a parliamentary republic. That's the kind of power he wields. Welcome back to Tom Ballard.
2: Hello, Andy. Hello, Tiff. You were very diplomatic there. I've heard you previously describe this as the worst hemisphere, which I don't appreciate at all. I mean, you mentioned Mugabe there. We're not not proud of him. He's not, like, at the (laughs) front of the team for the southern hemisphere, so watch yourself, please.
1: (laughs) We just compare your Tonys... Like, if you got a worse political Tony than us? <laughs> That's it's pretty hard. Like Abbott is probably not as bad as Blair, but uh, he's oh, got I
2: mean, if he got He got less yeah. done. If Abbott want, got to do all the things that he wanted to do, I think he he could go toe to toe with Blair. Maybe.
0: Yeah, if he hadn't, if he'd been born anywhere other than Australia, things could have got. He was spicy. born. He was
2: born right where you bloody are, mate. London. Oh right. Okay. Well, we did well yeah. to get rid of him then. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is
1: one bit of sport you would love to see, wouldn't you?
0: Blair versus Abbott Abbott yeah yeah what, th- but I mean what What? what, what sport? format of sport are we, are we talking about like full bare knuckle boxing I
1: couldn't take the cricket because it would go on for days so yep. bare knuckle boxing would be good or a bit of MMA
0: Tiff you've been on the show for what about four minutes and you've already slagged cricket off <laughs> What the hell is going
1: on? I know I know well uh, you know we could, I've, I've got plenty to say on cricket uh, all of it positive uh, but I'm just I'm just saying I think you know maybe some mixed martial arts we can see some real them actually shedding blood for once that's all I'm saying yes I'd want full contact
0: right I think the Tony Blair's idea of martial arts generally involves the US military I think rather than just hand to hand combat but anyway This is uh, the Bugle for the Week, beginning Monday, the 3rd of uh, July, 2017. On the 2nd of July, uh, some uh, quality anniversaries coming up. On the 2nd of July, 1816, the French ship Medusa clunked into a sandbank off the coasts of Mauritania in Africa. Thirteen days later, 15 people were found alive on a makeshift raft out of the 150-odd who had been on the raft at the start of its raft existence. Uh, leading to the famous painting The Raft of the Medusa by the French artist Jericho, uh, and recently discovered. Papers have revealed the TripAdvisor reviews for the raft of the Medusa from some of those surviving 15, including comments such as not exactly what you want in a summer cruise, facilities were at best minimal, nothing was organised to keep the passengers entertained apart from occasional fights and people falling into the sea. And uh, above all, this one uh, uh, the food was absolutely disgusting. It wasn't just me that thought that, the guy I ate for dinner was saying exactly the same thing as <laughs> I nodded into his leg.
2: You did comedy
0: on that cruise, didn't you,
2: Andy, back in your career? You did a few gigs out there, didn't you?
0: Gigs are gigs, Tom. Gigs are gigs. <laughs> um, on uh, the 2nd of July 1921, uh, the Knox-Porter Resolution was passed, a US Congress resolution ending American involvement in World War One. That was in 1921. See, everyone, stop complaining about America always turning up late for world wars. They did the full four years. <laughs> they just did it a little, a little bit offset. And in 1937, uh, was the last contact with Amelia Earhart um, on the 2nd of July, 1937. She is now assumed to be either dead or 80% of the way through the world's first ever 100 year prank <laughs> um, watch this space for details as always uh, some sections of the bugle are going straight in the bin including our exclusive bugle Glastonbury review um, uh, we look at some of the uh, less well known uh, rock and pop acts who wowed the crowds at Glastonbury this year including Juggernautica the uh, pioneers of haulage rock the jugs who back at the farm for the first time <laughs> Since 2004, uh, with uh, new this year, the former lead driver of Truculens, another uh, lorry based
1: <laughs> rock band.
0: Of course, Jug and Altica, the first band in Glasgow history to use a fully functioning articulated lorry as an instrument on stage. And their big hit, No Worries When You're In My Lorries, <laughs> uh, that went down an absolute storm. Uh, also, uh, The Jury 12. Great bands form a jury from a uh, long-running fraud case formed as an a cappella band during two and a half years of rather dry technical testimony in which they started singing close harmony summaries of bits of evidence to keep them fresh in their minds.
2: Andy, when was the last time you went to a music festival? What do you think happens there? What do you think actually happens? Do you think every band is a
0: concept band from from Uh, from some kind of profession? Uh, Yep, mostly. I mean, that is generally what happens, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean yeah.
0: I, I do go to. There is
1: an actual truck
0: fest. You know this, right? Oh, I, don't I haven't. I haven't ever been invited to truck fest. But I don't have a truck, so I you know. <laughs>
1: yeah, where they just open up the back of trucks and they're the stages. Right. So uh, I've sounds... heard it's pretty rocking. Right. If have the trucks are rocking. Right. Does that
0: <laughs> yeah. work for other vehicles? Is it like a like a smaller a acoustic fest. <laughs> van fest, <laughs> van fest
1: would work, <laughs> uh, scooter fest. <laughs>
0: Scooterfest played for the uh, Boston Biddies in the uh, 1950s uh, Nursing Home Baseball League (laughs) I digress Um, The Jury 12's Big Hits I Don't Care If You're Innocent I Just Want To Go Home (laughs) <laughs> um, the, uh, the evidence is all over your guilty face brackets like yoghurt on a baby. And <laughs> Ali, bye bye, you can't really remember the 4th of December. And uh, also, I mean, my personal favourites this year, albeit that I obviously didn't go Grumple Stiltskins, the tantrum based American strop rockers who smashed it up on the huff stage with a 45 minute screamed version of their smash hit "Lost glob of chewing gum on the bus seat of paint. Um, so, <laughs> our uh, Glastonbury section in the bin. Also, in the bin. Uh, Well, related to another historic anniversary, it's the 10th birthday of the iPhone. And in our special iPhone section in the bin, uh, we look at where the iPhone will be in 10 years. And uh, our, our scientists here at The Bugle have predicted that within 10 years, the iPhone will be able not only to completely read your mind, but predictively write all your emails and texts for you. You just have to trust the software. And if your iPhone 12 breaks off your marriage and hooks you up with an Uzbek cattle rancher instead, well, I think we all agree in this day and age, your phone knows you a f- of a lot better than you do. Um, iPhones in 2027 will also be able to physically eat your loved ones and turn them into really <laughs> realistic emojis. They'll be able to predict your entire life story and death to within 99.94% accuracy, saving you the hassle of worrying about the future and whether or not that tickly cough is or isn't fatal. And your iPhone will be able to perform invasive surgery on you whilst you sleep. It will completely monitor your body so that you will wake up in the morning having already had your appendix lopped out without even knowing you needed it. So uh, exciting times for for the future of iPhones.
2: The iPhone turning 10, does that mean that it's now turned as old as the children who make it? That's pretty amazing.
0: Top story this week, Britain updates. And, uh, well, I mean, a lot of things have been happening in Britain, as, uh, as Tiff uh, suggested. A quick national mood update, and uh, the official national mood at the moment is grumpf. Brrr, brrr. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a stroppy time in Britain at the moment, Tiff, wouldn't you say?
1: Oh, it is. It's frustrating. I mean, this DUP coalition that we've got going on, old strong and stable in a bike chain necklace as I just refer to as Theresa May. Now, does she think she's going to get nicked off a set of railings?
0: <laughs> uh, who would, who would want to take her? I don't
1: know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that she's just waiting just sadly outside the houses of parliament. I mean, it's, f- here's what's happening at the moment. Theresa May is actually making me hate leopard print. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which as a working class person is totally unacceptable. <laughs> That's how much I hate Theresa May now. And this DUP coalition, um, there's a few details to this, and I don't know how much of it you're aware of, Tom. But uh, what the DUP have signed a dodgy deal worth one billion with uh, Theresa May's Conservatives. And it's essentially bung money, you know, which is not new for the DUP. They've seen more under the table action than Bill Clinton in the Oval <laughs> Office. <laughs> um, this deal is more bent than a Uri Geller spoon. I'm I'm thinking that uh, Wales and Scotland are rightly going to come crashing in, saying, what do we get out of this? How come the DUP get just a billion pounds
0: handed to them? Well, it's a nice above-board bribe, to be honest. I mean, it's good that (laughs) politics is being honest (laughs) because usually these things are done behind closed. They come right out with it and say, no, we are going to bribe them £100 million per MP for their 10 MPs. I mean, I would be quite happy if my local MP in Streatham flogged himself for £100 million. Said, we've got a Labour MP. If he just said, it right, in fact, he could undercut them. He could go 80, <laughs> 80 million, £85 million quid, 15% off your standard parliamentary bribe for a full five-year term. What, what, what can we do with that money? We could get a bobsled run for Streatham, even enough books for local schools. I know that's a bit lefty, but... Um, or <laughs> nuclear deterrent. We can have our own, your own nuclear... Your own trident. That trident for Streatham. Let's let's dream. Let's aim high.
2: Wasn't didn't during the election campaign Theresa May told an NHS nurse who hadn't had a pay rise in eight years or whatever that there's no magic money tree that we can shake that suddenly provides for everything that people want. Apparently there are several money shrubs that have been shaken (laughs) so as to provide for everything that Theresa May wants, which is everything. And then I believe some NHS nurses asked the Prime Minister if there was any leftover money in the shrubs that could go towards helping them. And the PM said, no, they all disappeared in a puff of smoke. They're allowed to. It's magic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they treated that magic money tree like... Someone claiming to the police that those strange plants in their back garden are perfectly above you.
1: (laughs) Well, up until Monday, I thought the magical money tree was a uh, a Enid Blyton book. (laughs) But apparently, no. And and here's the weird thing. Um, The DUP uh, creationists who don't believe in evolution because they believe in magic money trees... (laughs) what, what else do they... Do? I don't know if you were aware of this, Tom, but they're, they're, there's uh, three or four creationists within the DUP. Oh, dear. And, OK, uh, I mean, there's levels of this that we can tuck into. There's quite a lot in this tasty right. creationist sandwich. Are you sandwich. You're not
0: a creationist yourself? Oh, no, I'm not. Oh, I'm right. not. I'm oh, an imaginist. Sorry, I shouldn't have put you for this. <laughs> I only have creationists on this show.
1: But um, <laughs> you know that uh, they had a creationist archaeologist, which I think is an oxymoron,
0: uh, that, that's impressive
1: yes yeah, that is... a creationist archaeologist who went to a dig site and discovered <laughs> this is so brilliant who discovered a dinosaur saddle uh, right so the suggestion was that not only did man walk the earth with dinosaurs and it's always man rather than men and women right uh, that man walked the earth with the dinosaurs not only that but man sort of domesticated dinosaurs
0: right he rode like a
1: cat com- or a dog.
0: competitive dinosaur racing <laughs> Yes. Yeah. If you read Deuteronomy backwards, it's all there. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. it's mad, isn't it? I mean, I, I quite like the idea of having a pet T Rex.
0: Well, we all like that. but I mean, we're, we're a Flintstones influenced generation, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I th- I'm 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 thinking of giving creationism a go. To be honest, I think there's a lot to be said for it. Uh, I, mean, I mean, anything that happened more than forty two and a half years ago on this planet isn't really my business anyway. The fossils did f- all for this planet. I mean, <laughs> look at the dinosaurs. Sure. Pretty scary, but you know how about a legacy of usable infrastructure like the Romans left? Also, let's get patriotic about this, Tiff. Uh, Britain ruled the world, see footnotes, for, what, about 200 years? Also see footnotes. Spreading the glory of Britishness? See other footnotes. <laughs> and leaving a legacy of peace? Definitely see footnotes. <laughs> Democracy? Seriously, read those footnotes. Mutually beneficial trade? <laughs> ditto. Uh, deceased, uh, decreased problems of tiger infestations and cricket? 200 years? Now, if that's 200 years out of 6,000 years... That's quite a lot. That's quite impressive. That's like a solid 3% of the entire history of the world. 200 years out of 4.5 billion years. Less impressive. So from, you know, from a British and we have to be, in these post-Brexit times. We have to be British as We have be some be recognition more, for
2: Britain at all That's done. right.
1: Make Britain creationist again. Yeah, <laughs> The DUP are awesome. very
2: conservative and uh, quite homophobic is the impression that I'm getting. I heard that they only want to spend the money on roads, only the straight roads. Any bent roads <laughs> will be sent to conversion therapy, apparently. This is, this is just what Uh-oh. I'm reading. This is just the news that's getting over to Australia, guys. I can't verify any of this.
1: Oh, there's Trevor Clark of the DUP uh, who said last year that he thought only gay people could contract AIDS or HIV. Which makes me think only straight people can catch abject stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> then I, I definitely got that. <laughs> I mean, it's terrifying, isn't it? I mean, we're trying to be funny about it, but it, is, it yes. is terrifying. Well, I mean,
0: it's it's particularly in the context of quite how this has come about because it was only well, in fact as well as in in Australia. Um, in fact, I think Tom was on the, the bugle just after the election was called, and at that point we were looking at you know, a kind of 100,000-year Tory Reich. And uh, it's, I mean, quite how this has happened, that Theresa May has ended up, without a majority, having to hack out a deal with the Democratic Unionist Party to plonk a sticking plaster over the severed artery of her dreams of supreme everlasting power. I don't, I don't know how this is... I still can't quite understand it.
1: Yeah. Well, she's... Uh, its As much as I want to see sort of women in power... <laughs> I don't know why it has to be Arlene Foster and Theresa May. You know, two women who are essentially womb botherers. That's <laughs> yes. how I would describe them. They're ob- obsessed with what women are doing in their in their womb. You know, although Stella Creasy uh, has just uh, managed to get it passed so that you know the NHS fund abortions in Northern Ireland, which is a really exciting. Yes. So
0: people, so women from Northern Ireland who want an abortion can't have it there, but, but they, they will now be able come to come to. England. I mean, yeah, they still it. can't
1: have it there. They've got, they've got to travel, but at least they're they're free.
0: Yes, there's a great I mean, tourism campaign. Is... <laughs> C-
1: <can> you... <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't because the T in Ireland basically said that uh, women travelled for abortions like you would go to a stag or a hen do in Vegas. Like he suggested, that was the attitude. Right, so with, many with extreme people... reluctance.
0: If that was me being invited to a stag do <laughs> in, in Vegas,
1: so many pro-lifers have this sort of weird attitude. I think it was the Steve, uh, Reverend Stephen Green from Christian Voice. You know, the guy who puts the fun into fundamentalism. Uh, he, uh, he had heard a Mary Stopes advert once and said that uh, it was disgusting because it encouraged abortions. As if that's how it works. You hear an advert and go, oh, do you know what? I haven't had for ages. <laughs> like... Also I don't even Mother's like the term like I also I don't like the term pro-abortion. it's pro-choice yeah. stop stop making it like that's pe- what ac- people are actively seeking um, so it's uh, you know the, it, the DUP are I'm trying to think if we've got anyone who's as you know anti-LGBT, anti-women's rights, um, climate change deniers as well.
0: Right. We add that to the well, resume. In, in for a penny. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah you, whatever, you, I mean, is there anyone worse? Is there anyone worse that Theresa May could have teamed up with?
0: She could have married Donald Trump, I guess. I mean, that's <laughs> pretty much the only other.
1: She is his Maggie, after all. <laughs> he calls her my Maggie. From the Simpsons, I presume.
2: It's quite hard to follow the news from this uh, side of the the world. It's very confusing, particularly with your media. The thing that's really blown my mind is the London Evening Standard front page. Uh, as we know, uh, edited by George Osborne, which had Arlene Foster's head superimposed onto Dr Evil's body... She's saying, I demand the sum of one billion pounds. And then Theresa May's head is superimposed onto Minnie mes body next to Dr. Evil slash Arlene Forster with the caption, Austin Powers sharing. Now, this is incredibly confusing and is inconsistent with all Austin Powers mythology. Okay, This is <laughs> canon. Dr. Evil would never hold Minnie me to ransom for a billion pounds, particularly if it meant that Minnie me would be able to continue in some kind of significant leadership position that would require Dr. Evil to support a vote of confidence in Minnie me abilities and any and all the money bills that Mini-Me introduces into the parliament. Mini-Me is a clone of Dr. Evil and his entire <laughs> being is dedicated to serving Dr. Evil and helping realise his clone father figures plans of extortion and chaos, i.e. Brexit. <laughs> if Mini-Me had a billion pounds he would automatically just give it over to Do- Dr. Evil unconditionally. I doubt infrastructure spending in Northern Ireland or reproductive rights would ever come into the conversation <laughs> at all. In fact, Dr. Evil and Mini-Me are probably both extremely progressive when it comes to reproductive issues because Mini-Me is ostensibly the result of a process of ivf it makes no sense whatsoever <laughs> and the whole thing is very ungroovy baby
1: <laughs> yay <laughs> that was beautiful
2: Thanks,
0: guys. in other tories news um and other glastonbury news uh, the channel 4 newsreader john snow was allegedly uh, heard joining in a Fuck the tories chant at Glastonbury and has been criticised, suggesting that this undermines his journalistic objectivity. Uh, he's claimed that he can't remember this happening.
1: <laughs> Another suggestion of uh, undermining his integrity <laughs> under the influence of whatever he was taking at Glastonbury.
0: Um, I mean, do we know he that he def-
2: the jugs? Am I right, Andy? <laughs> oh, that's, that's right. He's a massive, massive
0: fan of the jugs. I mean, do we know that he definitely, definitely said this? We Tories? should
1: check which John Snow actually.
0: Right. <laughs> what are you talking about? The former Sussex and England fast bowler. <laughs>
1: No, James. I was going for the uh, right. Game of Thrones, Jon Snow. Oh,
0: right. He uh, very... was
1: also at Glastonbury. You know what? nothing, Andy Zaltzman. Right.
0: No, I know quite a lot about <laughs> England fast bowlers from the 1960s and 70s.
1: That was also a quote from Game of Thrones. <laughs> that was just me that got that. Oh, right. Okay. I don't even know that that landed with Tom over there. No, <laughs> oh, you got it. Chris got it. Yeah, so it is the Jon Snow uh, of Zena Badawi fame. Right. And and he was supposedly chanting, f*** the Tories.
0: Yes, I mean, it's possible that he wasn't saying f*** the Tories. It could have been the tourists. He's a Glastonbury purist <laughs> and believes the festival has lost its edge. It could have been uh, f***... He could have been just trying to say that horsey after losing <laughs> £25,000 on a 12-to-1 outsider in the 340 at Utoxido. We just don't know. It could have been uh, uh, f*** the tour riz as in the Glastonbury tour the famous hill at Glastonbury, and he was having a conversation with the baseball star and Chicago Cubs first baseman, Anthony Rizzo. We just don't know. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know. It could have been f*** the Tories, maybe against the use of performance-enhancing drugs in the Tour de France, referring to the E's <laughs> being the e- e- EPO drugs that were used by uh, by uh, various m- m- miscreants. Who knows?
2: He could have said f- the Tories, but he meant some... Please, someone... The Tories, they're having a really (laughs) hard time at the moment, and they could do with some touching, or he could have been criticizing the Tories, which is how we collectively refer to Tories, Kelly, Spelling, and Amos. You know, just generally, (laughs) those three women I'm not a fan of, you know.
0: (laughs) It could have been that he was realizing his mistake in the annual Glastonbury quiz, um, in which the question was uh, which party famously won general elections in 1979, 1983. And 1987, and he'd guessed the Revolutionary Socialist Party uh, got it wrong, and when he was told the answer, he said, "Ah." Oh, f- the Tories. It's, we, just, we just, I mean, that's the thing with news these days. You just don't know what to believe.
2: Well, there was a band on the lineup called The Tories. I don't know if you're familiar with The Tories at all, um, Andy. Dreadful, dreadful music. All their songs are about austerity and fox hunting. Their drum <laughs> kit is made up of the skin of elderly poor people. And they refuse to tour anywhere in the <laughs> EU, saying that if their European fans want to see them so bloody badly, they should come to Britain then immediately f off. I'm a fan <laughs> the death metal group Coalition of Chaos myself. <laughs>
1: I'd go and watch the coalition of chaos.
2: Oh, rock and roll! Yep. Yeah.
1: Well, he's a, he's allowed to have an opinion outside of his work, isn't he? That's the thing. So, sort of people were saying it it compromises the integrity of his reporting to have an opinion. But you know, he's a, he's in downtime. He's at Glasgow. Yeah.
0: Also, we don't. I mean, there might have been someone with an auto cue there because he, you know, his whole <laughs> everything he says is often it's sort of like a Ron Burgundy situation.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think the Tories is an impartial, universal view at this. Aren't even Tories saying the
0: Tories at this point? Yeah, I mean that was largely Theresa May's <laughs> election campaign. <wasn't> it? <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I mean this. This could be maybe it was, it, we just didn't get all of it. He'd also said Labour. The Lib Dems. It could have been, yeah. His new start. To all news bulletins, like a kind of religious incantation. <laughs> f- the Tories, f- the Pinkos. Repeat after me. F- the fucking lot of them. Amen. We will now sing him number two hundred and fourteen. Maggie, Maggie, Maggie. Out, out,
1: out. <laughs> Glastonbury came in for a lot of stick this what? year because of the sort of poverty gap situation and people going, oh, just you know, champagne socialists and and poor people. How are they affording to? to go to Glastonbury as if you can't save up for a treat. I mean, I got even told off the other day for using the word poor, very middle-class friend of mine. She said, I find that word really offensive. And I was like, from someone who's never been poor. (laughs) Like, what would you like me to call them? Differently financed? (laughs) (laughs) Economically challenged? Like, why are we trying to euphemism our way out of what is just a desperately sad uh, situation out of the reality and the contempt with which our government treat poor people?
0: Another piece of world-shaking British politics news, and this broke just uh, within the last 24 hours. The Speaker of the House of Commons has said that MPs no longer have to wear ties, male MPs, no longer have to wear ties in the House of Commons. I mean, this, this is potentially the biggest upheaval in British politics. Probably since we decapitated King Charles the in <laughs> 1649, had a brief go- not having a monarch, and then panicked and got, got them back 11 years later. This is, I mean, this, is, this undermines everything that we know about ourselves as a nation. Was he wearing a tie MPs at the time? Wear-
2: sorry, when he was decapitated, was he wearing a tie? Do we know?
0: Uh, oh I, I would imagine so. <laughs> I would hope so. I mean the tie I don't think the tie as we currently know it had officially been invented oh, then, I but it's it. one of those things that was essentially always there spiritually. Right. Um even if we didn't actually I think we were, were we were wearing wearing ties when the Romans invaded. I don't know. But um how will Britain cope with this? You know, I Romans? don't know, it's
1: feminism gone mad, isn't it? It is
0: absolutely
1: <laughs> I it's, just like to say that to stuff that is in no way feminist. It it's feminism gone mad.
0: Swap oh, by fing <laughs> pankhurst, honestly. <laughs> um, I mean where will it end? I mean, where will this end Tiff I, I mean, don't
1: know I mean no trousers next
0: I mean that seems like inevitable to see <laughs> now doesn't it
1: <laughs> if we're going to let standards slip this much it's going to be no cufflinks or no cufflink <laughs> Tuesday and then eventually it'll just be underpants and what those little as sock suspenders right There'll be no sock suspenders next.
2: Right. right. I, mean, I no. dread the day they ban monocles in the House of Lords. I think that would be a pox on all of us. To be fair, they did it's change the dress run... code. Years ago, they told uh, MPs they were no longer required to wear any shame uh, or bring any backbone <laughs> to the chamber as well. So there has been some changes.
0: <laughs> it's going to end up with a load of shirtless Tories swigging <laughs> lager out of cans on the back benches. <laughs> <laughs>
1: See, that's what it's like when I go to the cricket. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there, was a cra- there was a crazy story of this Nadim Zahawi. Do you remember this? this? This Conservative MP who was wearing a novelty tie in 2011, and it was this red tie that was, you know, for a good cause, it was raising awareness about bowel cancer, and it began playing a tune. He accidentally knocked it. And started pl- he was start- saying the sentence, if we are to have a credible debate, and then his tie started <laughs> playing a song, and he had to <laughs> apologise to the chamber.
1: Oh, I hope it was Girl from Ipanema or something. (laughs) I find that anything serious should be underscored with that. Let's just play that
0: into the the UN chamber at all times. (laughs) Just to moderate the anger in international (laughs) politics.
1: Ooh, and I watch her so sadly.
2: over there. Are they going to ban Groucho Marx glasses as well? <laughs> I remember when Winston Churchill asked Clement Attlee to lean in and smell that flower on his lapel, over to spray him in the face with a short blast of boiling hot British water. Ha <laughs> ha! Cop that, old chum! That was a, that
0: was a turning point in the 1945 election, I think. That's what, what Churchill lost. Yep, That's a fact.
2: Australian news now, and we have just as strong a stable uh, conservative government as you guys seem to have at the moment. There is a lot of division going on in the coalition government in Australia. There's leadership tension, and the right wing of the government got very angry indeed when these comments uh, made by government minister Christopher Pine were leaked. He made these comments at a Liberal Party function, and I'm gonna just warning now, guys, these are pretty... Pretty intense comments, okay? You go right, sitting okay, down, I'll you go sitting, sitting down. Okay, yep. right, this is pretty full yep. on. Right. Referring to his left faction within the Conservative Party, Pine, Christopher Pine said, Friends, we are in the winner's circle. We have to deliver a couple of things, and one of those things we've got to deliver before too long is marriage equality.
0: What Outrage. a monster. It's amazing that Australia didn't just fly off the face of the planet <laughs> into its own new orbit.
2: Does he sleep at night? <laughs> I think you know that you're being run by crazy right-wing nut jobs. When someone, people finding out that you said gay people shouldn't be discriminated against, is like a crazy scandal. <laughs> <laughs> there was like people are prepared to like cross the the right-wing faction are losing their mind. They're demanding that Malcolm Turnbull, the prime minister, like uh, sack Christopher Pine from his job. They're prepared to cross the floor. While advocates for marriage equality are prepared to cross dress. Uh, tickets for my show at the Edinburgh Fringe are on sale now. That's all I got.
1: <laughs> Isn't wasn't it like a work sneeze up? So basically, this was a sort of comment he made at a, a work do. Yeah, I do not want like to tell, tell you what I've done at yeah. office parties. It involves my boobs and a Dyson Airblade. blade. <laughs> um, but like, surely, a I man that. <laughs> Oh, it's it's frustrating. I mean, I, I was over in Australia doing sort of shows a couple of years ago. And um, I remember after the show, this woman come up to me and she was like, yeah, I enjoyed your comedy. <laughs> I was like, all right, aggressive. Um, and she went to me, the thing is, marriage is between a man and a woman. That's just the way it's always been. And I was like, oh, well, it, if it's always been a way, we definitely shouldn't bother trying to change it. I mean, that's not how <laughs> progress works or anything. You know, uh, what I should have said to her was, you know, up until 1911, it was only men who were allowed to vote. Mm. So you wouldn't have even been canvassed your opinion. And that is my interesting <laughs> fact for you, Andy. Right. here, yeah, right? Uh, Australia had women's suffrage seven years before the UK. Right. Yeah. How could they be so far ahead then and so b- far behind now? Hey. Oh, just... Time difference. Time ah, so, hey. There we go. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's... I, I, I feel your pain, Tom. Well, I don't quite feel your pain because I'm in a position where I can get married to whoever I like. But, you know, it's, it must be incredibly frustrating right now
2: well i need to get a boyfriend first but yes generally it's a matter of principle it's a bloody nightmare and it's just it is just speaks to the fact that the leader of the opposition the prime minister and everyone in the country pretty much except for these uh, old dinosaurs which the dp wouldn't believe in um are against uh you know just making sure that people are treated equally before the law what's going on <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Corey Bernardi, who um, who's uh, well, the Conservative Party leader in Australia. That's different from the uh, governing Liberal Party. Uh, now he he c- complained that it showed the Liberals were saying one thing in public and another in private. Now, quite aside from any arguments about about gay marriage, I, I have no problem with politicians <laughs> saying one thing in public and another in private because I hope in private. What they are saying is things like, oh, shit, what the f*** are we going to do with it? This planet is a top cracker tower of horseshit. But you don't want them saying that in public because it undermines confidence. You want them to say things like, we're all working towards a brighter future.
2: If they said that, I don't think people are going, man, he's a straight shooter. He really, he tells it like it is.
1: Well, Germany have got on board today, haven't they? Yes. So that's to be applauded and encouraged. I mean, America... America have it I was in New York when they uh, when it was all going through and I watched some of the coverage on the news I think it was Fox News because the hair was big
0: um,
1: that's <laughs> how you tell <laughs> the bigger the hair the more right wing the station
0: and there this... is a direct index isn't it? yeah well, there is well I think should now be officially back about the Stevenson index <laughs> yeah
1: of right wingedness, blonder the bigger and blonder it gets. Yep. You know, the more right wing it is. I think there's something to, going back to Hitler there, weird eugenics thing. Yeah, that uh, that we probably shouldn't delve I'm now, into. <laughs> I'm now well,
0: I'm now imagining Hitler in a big blonde, kind of 1980s <laughs> dynasty style wig.
1: Well, I, I that would have
0: undercut him actually. It would have, <laughs> yep.
1: yeah. Well, when I was like a teenager, I did ask myself that question that every teenage girl asks herself. You know, would Hitler fancy me? <laughs> Um, and I thought, wow. I thought he probably. My, my,
0: my daughter is, is ten currently, so I mean, what, what point of teenage years am I going
1: to? Uh, it's about thirteen, fourteen.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah,
1: I thought on the one hand that he he would because I look like the eugenic ideal, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes. But I am also part gypsy. Right. So he'd have a bit of a dilemma. He'd be like, sleep with me, kill me, sleep with me. Basically, the same dilemma that every man I've ever. <laughs> This gone out with his gone through <laughs> Perfectly Natural Tiff.
2: This is a phase that all young girls go through. You'll come out of it fine. It's perfectly natural. Jesus.
1: <laughs> um Yeah, so big hair, the bigger the bigger the blonde are, the more right wing. Alt right. Everyone on the alt-right is blonde. Look at Milo. Tommy Tommy Laren, you know. Right. They're all blonde, don't trust them. Tom Ballard? Yeah. But yeah, it's Ballard. <laughs> don't trust Ballard. Don't trust Stevenson. Andy's in the red, he's okay.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, but Makes yeah, that was the the. Uh, just to finish that, I watched the the. This female news anchor came on when equal marriage had been announced, and she she went. Today is a historic day for the United States of America. All across the U.S., men are marrying men. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, even equality is not equal. That is incredible.
0: So it doesn't say a lot for Australia, to be honest, Tom. But. When you're being beaten by the United Kingdom <laughs> in an issue of social liberalism, that is time to sit down with yourself and ask yourself what you're doing as a nation. Ireland, Germany, yes. the US. All
2: right, all right, we'll get there, we'll get yeah. there. It's
1: just, just, it's just, just you, and yep. it's you and Russia. It's
0: you and Russia. still just slightly ahead of Saudi Arabia as well, to be fair. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yep. Cling to that.
2: Uh, Some more Australian news. Prime Minister Tony Abbott has been making trouble. He was ousted as PM in 2015 and uh, promised at the time that uh, as he went to the backbench there'd be no wrecking, no undermining and no sniping of the new Turnbull administration. Okay, And he's been true to his word. There's been no wrecking, no undermining, no sniping. There has been quite a bit of ruining, damaging, sullying, discrediting, dishonouring, debasing and shit-flinging, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) This week, completely unprompted, no one asked for this, Tony Abbott released his plan to win the next election, which is kind of like Kanye West releasing a plan to eliminate the ego, or (laughs) Rolf Harris releasing his plan to win the next election basically Um, (laughs) the plan is entitled, Let's Make Australia Work Again implying, of course, that Australia is currently not working and Tony is the man who knows how to turn it off and on again. It's uh, Everyone should read it. Every Australian should read it. Every citizen should read it. It's a six-step um, program about how to make Australia better. Um, for example, step number two, live within our means. Stop all frivolous spending and stop riffing, ripping off our grandchildren. Now just a reminder: when Tony Abbott was Prime Minister, he spent more than a billion dollars a year on locking up innocent men, women, and children seeking asylum on prison islands, and gave <laughs> Prince Philip a knighthood. You know, <laughs> the bare essentials. <laughs> every family makes space for that in their in their budget every every week. I do feel sorry for my grandchildren got- though, because they, you know, they must be feeling pretty ripped off. Uh, what with me, them not existing at all.
0: When did grandchildren ever put their hands in their pockets and f***ing pay for anything themselves? (laughs) (laughs) It's got to be a two-way street.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's this let's make Australia work again? You know, why are we obsessed with this turd of a campaign slogan after Trump did make America great again? Everyone's just obsessed with you know, again. Again Again -er or a betterer. It doesn't even scan does it? Let's make Australia work again.
0: Well I guess politically that you could just say let's just kind of plod along as we're going and you know, it might be quite a good plan, but it's not going to get any votes, is it? Let's, yeah. True. let's just muddle through. I'd like to see I would a vote for that, mate. Tony Abbott, yeah.
2: keep it up. That'd be great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> let's let's muddle through. You would vote for.
0: <laughs> I was interested that one of his other of the of the six point plans was make housing more affordable mm. by scaling back immigration to migrants who can make a contribution from day one. Right, get right stuck in from day one. I mean, it's interesting that he's 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 aimed at the migrants there. Mm. Uh, in terms of escalating property prices, rather than, for example, property magnates building overpriced architectural wank pads or the unfettered <laughs> housing <laughs> markets squeezing the humanity <laughs> out of human life, no, it's probably the fault of people clinging to the sides of boats. The, that uh, is why prices are going up. The wank pads Sorry. played Glastonbury this yeah. year as well, actually. <laughs> the wank pads, oh, very
1: good. Either <laughs> overpriced architectural wank pads is just. As sentences go, phenomenal. and I give migrants, you points there, Zoltzman?
2: The idea of migrants <laughs> making a contribution from day one... Presumably that means that a three-year-old Tony Abbott, who emigrated from England by boat in 1960, would not be allowed into the country. What contribution are you making? Shitting your pants? Piss off, buddy. No free house for you. Well,
1: it's the same as Trump, isn't it? It always comes from... You know, like Trump, was his mother was a Scottish immigrant. Mm. I thought he should have held the inauguration on Ellis Island just to remind him that he started in a Scottish vagina and he ended up in New York, so... (laughs)
0: Sport now, and no. uh, well, you you two guys can basically <laughs> mentally clock off now. You're pretty much done. I don't know why I keep booking people who don't even like sport. I'm
1: aware. I'm aware
0: of the sport. Right. Who's won it? Uh, the world. Well, well, the world has won. <laughs> Humanity has won.
1: <laughs> no, I, I mean, there's sports that I find interesting. Like, um, you know, it makes me think that sort of straight white men don't have enough drama in their lives because they created wrestling. Yes. And that's technically seen as a sport, isn't it? You know, you're uh, out of drama.
0: <laughs> yeah, sport crossed with the soap. Well, I mean, I, as a sports purist, I do not see that kind of wrestling as a sport. I see that as an absolute abomination from the very bowels <laughs> of hell. But you know, each to their own. As a gay man, um, I'm a fan.
1: Oh <laughs> <laughs> no, I know about the crickets. Um, and I,
0: uh... <laughs> but there, I mean, you mentioned wrestling. there been there's some I mean some quite interesting uh, fights coming up. Um, the uh, Two um, boxers in their 50s, Nigel Benn and Steve Collins, rumoured to be wanting to get back in the ring 21 years after their last fight at a combined age of 105. <laughs> um, I mean, it does start to look a bit a bit dodgy, to be honest. Um, also, just hearing now that the 1960s world middleweight champions Nino Benvenuti and Terry Downs could be vaulting the ropes to smash smash each other's old faces in next summer... <laughs> As soon as the Italian has passed the age of 80, that's the lower cut-off limit for the WCFO, that's the World Codger Fighting (laughs) Organisation, and the INHBF, the International Nursing Home Boxing Federation titles. Uh, And, of course, we've got Floyd Mayweather against Conor McGregor. Oh, yeah,
1: that is interesting, actually.
0: Now, uh, Mayweather, one of the greatest boxers of all time, Conor McGregor uh, from, uh, you know, one of the big stars of of UFC, uh, which, for those who don't know it, is people smashing the f*** out of each other in an octagon (laughs) rather than smashing the out of each other in a square. Uh, key key <laughs> difference. I mean, the consensus seems to be that uh, McGregor is, is, is taking Mayweather on at boxing rather than any kind of hybrid. It's basically, people seem to think it's like top chef Emeril Lagasse taking on Rafa Nadal at next year's French Open because a frying pan is kind of the same shape as a <laughs> tennis racket. <laughs> How difficult can it be?
1: Is that it then? So it's boxing rather than MMA, yeah, which that's... is where Conor's strength is. Also, yes. his pre-match... Bout. Pre-bout, there we yeah. go. Pre-bout chat is pretty good. Yeah. He's like, You're in bombtown <laughs> That's where you belong. And I'm going to smash it back into bombtown <laughs> He says Bumtown quite a lot. Right. Uh, Whereas but... Floyd
0: Mayweather just talks about how rich he is and how much money he's going to earn. So I mean, it'll be an interesting clash of clash of <laughs> stars. There are rumors out to try and balance out the inequality and advantage Mayweather has from fighting in his own sport, uh, he will have to carry a plate of live eels into the <laughs> ring. And every time he lets one of the eels slither off the plate, McGregor gets a free swing at his face. Um, and also have a little squeaker inside his gloves. Every time he hits McGregor in the face, it undermines his pugilistic manhood. So he might not uh, go for the Float big punches. like
2: an eel. That's good. <laughs> um,
0: he's also rumoured to be li- already lining up a follow-up fight in which he's going to take on a crocodile. That's the one the fans have wanted to see for years. I mean, the thing is, Mayweather's a very technical pugilist. I can't see him breaking the habit of a lifetime and getting into a full jaw-to-jaw tussle with the croc. Uh, Probably Mayweather on points for that one. And after that, perhaps his toughest opponent yet, Floyd Mayweather versus the concept of humility. And it's pretty hard to see how we can uh, come out on top of that. We'll have more on the uh, cross-sport challenges, including table tennis number 1, Mar Long, versus snooker number 1, Mark Selby. Mm They're both sports played on a table. How <laughs> different can they possibly be? The And also, uh, Olympic horsey dressage champion Charlotte Dujardin is taking on the uh, star of the Spanish bullfighting circuit, Percy the Massive Angry Bull. Um, that could be... Uh, that could be an, and also, and um, this is the one I really want to see, sumo legend Kisen Osato versus the former world fencing champion Alexei Cheromisinov. I mean, can you honestly say you would not tune in Just to see what happens. Sumo wrestler against a man with a pointy sword. (laughs) That that has has to be worth watching. Uh, I did say last week we'd have a full update on the British Lions match against New Zealand. It turns out, unsurprisingly, they lost. They are now 1-0 down and need to win two in a row against a team that's won 46 consecutive matches in a row at home. It's a, tough, it's a tough task. It's, a, it's, a, it's like asking Hercules not just to do his ten tasks, but to do them within three days and submit the paperwork detailing how he's abided by health and safety regulations at all times, and then a, doing a press conference to apologise for all the endangered species he's obliterated. As sporting upsets go, if the Lions can win, it will rank alongside Donald Trump winning the world's humblest man competition. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, um, what about Shane Warne kicking off at Cricket Australia?
0: Oh, well, uh, now, uh, Tom, I'm sure you're all absolutely all over this. We, we only have about 30 seconds left of this recording. What? Can you just explain the contractual dispute between Cricket Australia <laughs> and uh, Australia's uh, leading uh, leading cricketers?
2: Uh, cricket players have realised how boring the sport is and the association is adamant that they continue playing. So this do... show is
1: over. <laughs> this show dispute. is now... Th-
0: Get off my show, Ballard.
1: Oh, Tom, you've got to love Shane Warne. His face is updated more frequently than my iTunes agreements.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Zing. <Right. laughs> Thank you uh, for listening, buglers. Um, We'll be back uh, next week. Uh, do send your emails into hellobuglers at thebuglepodcast uh, dot com. Uh, Tiff, thanks very much. It's been a delight having you. Uh, Thank you having you on the Bugle. Uh, Tom, thanks uh, once again. Uh, both of you are going to be in Edinburgh this yes. year. So
1: five thirty at the Gilded Balloon. Buy all the tickets.
0: Uh, Tom, do you want to plug your show while you're here? Sure.
2: It's called Problematic. It's on an eight thirty at the Pleasant's Courtyard. Buy all those. Oh, cool.
1: too. Please. Yeah. Buy all those. Sorry. I, you said the name of yours, Problematic. That's a great oh. title. Thanks.
0: I'm I'm doing Satirist for Hire for the last two weeks, and there'll be a couple of live Bugles, more details coming up shortly. Uh, thank you very much for listening, Buglers. Until next time, goodbye. The Bugle is a proud member of the Radiotopia family, and none of us would be here if not for our founding fathers, the Knight Foundation, digitally carved into Mount RSS Moore.